So if an election were to be held today, and the polls are correct, uh, very likely we would have a Conservative government. Of course, we may not have an election for, well, almost two years. But between now and then, that means the Liberal government has to completely reverse their fortunes and turn things around. Um, the gains made by the Conservatives largely being made based on economic issues. Things are so much different now than they were just a couple of years ago. So how bad is it really? Um, we know the government says, no, everything's fine. We're, we've got a path here. We know what we're we're doing. We know where we're going. Um, what can we expect in 2024? Guaranteed, we're going to be talking a lot about this. And it's one issue that ultimately can win and lose elections all by itself, more than any other. Robert Aslan is a senior vice president of policy at the Business Council of Canada, served as an advisor to two prime ministers, and recently co-wrote a piece titled, Don't Buy the Government's Rosy Projections. Canada's Fiscal Outlook is Not a Pretty Picture. Robert joins us now. Thanks so much for being here, Robert. I appreciate your time. Great for having me. Thank you. Um, you state, and I agree, that Canada's fiscal policy is going to be a hot topic this year and next. And we need to keep a close eye on what the government says and what the government does, right? Especially when it comes to spending. We need to be focused here. Yes, there are two issues fundamentally when you look at, uh, you know, what's, what's coming. Uh, the first is the current level of spending, which has grown tremendously under the Trudeau government, about 6% per year. And uh, this is mostly structural spending on stuff you can't really cancel on any given budget. And the second issue, of course, is the rise of interest rates, as we've seen uh, because we're fighting inflation. The Bank of Canada and other central banks have raised interest rates Mm -hmm. significantly. And so that puts a lot of onus on debt servicing. And given what we did during COVID, we doubled basically the federal debt. and this is not for, for the sake of argument whether we should have done it or not. It's more as a consequence. The debt is much larger now. So to service, is, to service the debt, it's much, uh, much more expensive. So those two factors, uh, structural higher spending and structural higher interest rates, are problematic right now. Yeah, and as you say, I mean, there's just a report up by Stat Canada today saying that the cost of servicing that debt has gone up over a third uh, in, the, in, the, in the third quarter in Canada. So you're right. I mean, the bill's coming due already. Exactly. So basically, I would say since 2008, the great, great financial crisis, right until the pandemic, interest rates were very low, around 1%. Real interest rates were near zero. And this has changed now as a result of uh, an inflationary environment. And so now, you know, uh, we have to pay over 3 4 5% interest rates on uh, servicing our debt, which means... Um, you know, it's much more challenging. And the, the other challenge, of course, is this would be okay if we would have significant economic growth, but it's not the case, obviously. Yeah. Most most forecasts, uh, you know, are uh, around 0.5% GDP growth for uh, 2024, which means that the amount of money we'll pay on debt servicing will be higher than, than growth rates, and that's not a good trend going forward. When we talk about debt, and you know this, there's always people that say, well, wait a minute, the debt's not really as bad as you're making it out to be because we don't look at it just as a dollar figure. We sort of we compare it with this, and there's this that comes into play. So how do we really truly assess debt loads? What, what, what do you use as the metric? Because as you know, yeah. the federal government will say, you know what, the debt's not as bad as some people make it out to be. So the main measure they use is net debt, and basically net debt subtracts our financial assets. And we have to, people have to realize Canada has big pension assets. We have a large Canadian pension fund. Quebec has a pension fund as well. And these assets are going fast. 
uh, over time, you know, just to give you a sense for people, in 2030, it is estimated that Canadian pension plan will be a, a trillion dollar. So that's, uh, you know, a third of the Canadian economy. And uh, these asset ops are just subtracted in the net debt comparison. So I think gross debt is a better indicator, indicator essentially financial liabilities. And the debt servicing costs, how much do you pay to service the debt? And I think people, family can understand this uh, because, you know, every, every uh, month they have to service their own mortgage. They have to service yeah. their own uh, credit card. And when interest rates rise, they understand they have less for anything else, you know. Yeah, so that's the situation we're in. Exactly, and, and and as you mentioned, that's that's one side of the equation, right? The debt, and the other side, as you talked about, is is you know if if you if you can't reduce spending, and and the government, I think, is locked into a lot of the spending already. I don't know how much reduction we can expect there. The only other thing to do is to increase revenue, and the way the government wants to do that is through economic growth. So it's pretty tough to see how that equation that you're laying out for us is going to change at all in 2024. Exactly. So the math doesn't work. You know, either, as you say, it's a very simple equation. Either you raise revenue or you lower expenditure. And in both cases, it seems that we're not going to go there. Uh, I suspect expenditures will continue to go up. And we have to think about spending pressures. You know, NATO countries, are, especially the U.S., are asking us to spend more in defense, and we should, and national security. Uh, climate change is hugely expensive. We have to finance energy transition. You're in Alberta, you know what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to- uh, you Dental know, care, pharmacare. Exactly, so all these spending pressures, indigenous reconciliation, all good things that we need to do, but that require additional spending, uh, you know, we'll need to finance that somewhere. And if we do deficit financing on everything, we'll just increase our debt, increase our deficit, and put these very hard decisions uh, for later. But the hard decisions are very simple. Either you raise taxes, and in Canada, raising taxes, I think, would be really, really bad for economic yeah, growth, yeah. given our, our, our taxes are very high, or you have to reduce spending. This is what we did in the 90s, and it was very painful. And so the idea of having a fiscal anchor, you know, like a guideline, a guidepost to not raise uh, spending to a certain level is important because otherwise you force these decisions down the line to governments, whoever they are, conservative or liberal. And these decisions are very painful for Canadians. Yeah, exactly. And but there's there's no way of avoiding it. Robert, great conversation. I really do appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it.